Hey, hey, this is Johannes Mavatar, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. This is Aaron from Gemini Syndrome. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is September, September morning, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 321 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Starting off this episode, we have an interview with Slaves on Dope vocalist Jason Rockman. Slaves on Dope recently released a new album called Horses. Before we get to that interview, though, here's a track from the album. This is called Interplanetary Mission. This track features Bill Kelleher from the band Macedon, so check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome from the band Slaves on Dope. We have Jason Rockman on the line. How are you doing, Jason? Good. How are you? Doing very well, very well. Um, you guys have released a fantastic new record, Horse. Um, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, obviously, the new album. Um, and also, kind of, you know, how the band's evolved over time. So let's let's start with the new album. What what made you guys want to do, you know, in this day and age in the record industry, wanted to make you do a new, you know, full-on album um 
purely for the art of it. Yeah. <laughs> not, not not for um, not for any financial gains. I mean, you know, we're 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 seasoned at this. We've been doing it for a long time, and we know where the music industry has headed over the last uh, fifteen, sixteen years. I mean, it's it's kind of ironic when we when we first got our big big break um in 99 2000 when we signed to sharon and ozzy's record label um that was the same year that the music industry kind of went in the toilet yeah (laughs) and um yeah go ahead sorry i was gonna say there's no coincidence but uh yeah Yeah. it did seem like the music industry there just kind of spiraled well yeah and it's we kind of we've kind of always had a, a very realistic outlook on on you know music as a as a as a uh, uh, you know a main vocation it's it's kind of tough and uh i think we've always made music just because we want to make music and we, we enjoy being in a band so you know we don't have any we don't have any uh you know delusions of grandeur that it's going to be this this you know this brass ring that we're going to grab and then everything's going to change yeah, well, I guess one of the things I, when I listened to the new album, it, it made me think about that because you mentioned music as a vocation, and, and one of the things I've always thought about bands that get huge is sometimes they kind of lose that edge. You know, mm-hmm. the, the lyrics—it's it, you know—it's hard to write songs that are at the street level when you're living in you know the hills of Hollywood in huge yeah. houses where you know your, your music still sounds very real, very relevant. Um, you know, which is I guess a consolation. Well, you know, for not having hills in the Hollywood <laughs> For not being a millionaire? <laughs> yeah, 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 to put maybe. it so bluntly, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of these things where you just, you know, I, we, we've always written from, from, a, from a place where we understand, and um, I think we, in the past we've been in maybe worse situations than we are in now. Maybe we're both a little bit happier than we, we might have been in the past mm-hmm. in, in our personal lives, but... Um, when it comes to writing, I mean, we always try to be as honest as we can. Now, do you feel that the music industry, at least the market right now, has, has kind of come back to bands like yourself? I know, you know, you guys kind of got lumped, lumped in with a new metal genre. Yeah. And, and you know, people kind of embrace a genre and then they throw it away. Um, and I, I think the industry did that to some degree. Do you feel that people are kind of coming back around to that kind of music a little more now? Yeah, you know, you you do see some. You, you look, I mean, it, it's funny, cause, you know, the, when we, what you first said about us being lumped in. I mean, we've always been lumped in categories ever since we started. You know, when we mm-hmm. when we first started out in '93, '94, we were, you know, we were lumped in with the grunge scene, and we were nothing like that. We, mm-hmm. You know, and and when when we moved to LA and when we were doing heavier stuff, um, we got lumped in with the new metal thing and we weren't nothing like that i mean we weren't rapping we weren't you know mm-hmm. we weren't really into you know we weren't like that really we, we just did our own thing and um it's it's interesting because i work in radio now and i and i see all the trends and it's interesting to see some of that coming back and and uh, you know like on this record we collaborated with daryl from run dmc and right. it, it's not it, it's it you know that's something we might have, you know, if we would have maybe done in 99, 2000, it would have been more popular than it is now. But we just did it because we met Daryl and we liked him. We were always fans. So right. it, it's funny, though. You do see some of it creeping back into the, the published consciousness. Like in around 2003, 2004, people couldn't run away from rap and metal mm-hmm. fast enough. And you see it kind of starting to come back. And, you know, uh, what, what I attribute is, you know, obviously it's, it's you know, what, what's old is new again. That always happens. But there's certain people that are, are 
getting back together um, and, and doing some of this music again. And then there's other people like, you know, when, when Paul Banks from Interpol and the RZA put that Banks and Steels project out maybe about uh, six weeks ago, that album, um, I was really excited because I was like, here are two guys that are approaching it from a completely different place. You know, you've got Paul Banks from Interpol, which is one, you know, a totally respected alternative band. And then you got the RZA from the Wu-Tang Clan and, and they're getting together and they're putting out music that's very, very different, yet it's considered rock and rap. So it's it's interesting to see some of this coming back and, and, and people looking at it and going, oh, this isn't so bad. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And we are, I think, bad. And especially, in, and I don't know, if, I guess because metal is kind of my genre of choice, how compartmentalized yeah. everything is. You know, we get, oh yeah. you know, you mentioned working in radio, so I'm sure you see this. You get demos and, and bands, PR people sending you stuff, and, and you'll see it compared to the likes of so-and-so, or it'll say this, you know, this is a sludge, or this is doom, or... And you instantly kind of put it in a bin in your mind. Oh, yeah. I'll get to that. Or this one's kind of the you know this genre that I really love. So I'm going to listen to this one right away. And, yeah. You know, I, I I love the days of you know your when we didn't really categorize stuff. You know, it was Sabbath. It was you know Deep Purple. It was you know whatever. You right. just liked it. And you know, I'm I'm kind of like that with my music, my musical tastes, and and my musical uh, my musical picks. I mean, because of being in radio, um, and I, I get an avalanche of music every week, of you know, from bands, whether it be someone sending me an MP3 to listen to, or you know, a wave file to listen to, or or a physical CD or vinyl, and I always give it a chance, always, because you never know what album's going to grab you and just and just you're you're going to be like wow this is amazing yeah. and i think you have to keep an open mind i mean if you're a music lover and there's been music that i've i mean it's so funny how one of the guests on our album bill from mastodon um you know on paper i should have loved that band from the get-go and i never gave them a chance and i don't know why i just didn't i mean i remember seeing them i'm, I'm i live in montreal and the first heavy Montreal they were on, and I went to it. And I remember watching and going, oh, man, this isn't for me. And then I just, I opened my mind to it with Crack the Sky. Someone said, you really should listen to this record. And I listened to it. And I instantly was just hooked. And then I went back and, you know, got everything in prior that had come out and, 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 and went on to, you know, to become a huge fan. Like, they're one of my one of my favorite live bands, one of my favorite bands right now. But I just resisted for so long, and I don't know why. I mean, I think... There's so much music that's at our fingertips now that you do kind of have to pick and choose what you decide to, to give a listen to. But you should always, always um, be open-minded because you never know what's going to grab you and what's going to take hold. Yeah, and that's that's a great point about the, the music at your fingertips. I mean, I, I know yeah. um, you're probably familiar with Holix. It's a distribution for music. Uh, for promotional use, and, and I could literally listen to that all day long and never get to the end of the list I have. And then yeah. you throw in a Spotify subscription, yeah. YouTube. You know, uh, it's amazing the amount of music and you listen to it, and it's so easy to just change. You know, you know, I listened to a new album uh, just the other day. It came out on Friday from a band I really enjoy. Four songs into it, I was like, I don't know if I really like this, and I just started, you know, next, next, next to the end of the album, and I was like. This is a dud, and I'll probably never go back and listen to that album. I mean, it's it's, it's a shame, but it's yeah. so easy to just jump to something else anymore. You don't have three cassettes in your car anymore. Oh no, 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 no! It's 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 I know, and you you, 
it gets to the point sometimes where it's almost hard to to choose what you want to listen to, and that's that's why if I'm if I'm in my car and I'll I'll put my you know I'll put my my iTunes on shuffle sometimes and stuff will just jump out and be like wow this is like I haven't heard this in forever and um, records are really you know to, for me music is a snapshot of a moment of your life and there's times where you're really into a record and because of you know music if you're a big music fan and, and if you're open to a lot of genres stuff comes out every week so you might get onto something else and forget how much you liked that album like yeah th- there's so many records like that yet there's those those albums that i always go back to and there's those bands that i always you know if i put on quicksand's manic compression i mean i love that record i love slip i love those two albums and i can listen to them over and over again and i'll get into those periods where I'll discover them again, and I'll be like, "Wow, man, I yeah. love these guys." Yeah. And then I won't listen to them for a few years, but I'll always come back to it. You know, there's there's so many records like that 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 have uh, that have come and gone in my in my consciousness, but they're always they're always there, and they're and I'm always a fan of them. Yeah, that's that's well said, um, Jason. You mentioned you know having vocations outside of the band. How you know, and in this industry, obviously touring is is kind of the bread and butter of many bands. How, yeah. how do you guys make that work? Well, that, that's the funny. You know, here, here it is. We're always contradicting ourselves, and you know, the, the touring. When we toured, that's mm-hmm. what we should have been. You know, we we <laughs> that was our bread and butter, definitely. And now we don't tour much, so there's not a lot of not a lot of bread to butter. Yeah. It's it's we just both of us are so busy with everything else that we're doing in our lives, and and we love playing live. And when we do play, we we play as well as we ever did. It's just the reality of it is, you know, we're going to go out if the opportunity is right, and it's got to be it's got to be a perfect storm for us to go out and play. So we pick and choose where we play now and we're really careful just because we don't have the time to go out and and waste you know we did a little run of canada uh, a couple weeks ago we did three dates in ontario and and it was fun it was fine but we definitely could have reached a lot more people if we would have just waited and done a festival sure yeah and that that's unfortunately for a lot of u.s audiences that ends up what's happening you know a band you may love you can't afford to be on the road 40 weeks a year and you know trek no. all across the country so they do these shows in Europe because they can hit these huge audiences um, well that's that, it's just more attractive and it's, it's you know makes more sense yeah yeah you can use a couple of vacation days and go play to you know 40,000 people where in the US it would take you you know weeks to get to 40,000 people oh yeah yeah months <laughs> yeah. now um, are you and Kevin is still in the same geographic region or do you use yeah we, the live, on the, we live, in, live in the same street oh that's a Close. Like we're we're super super close. I just and I just um, my my wife and I sold our well we where we live now and we're we bought a we bought a house like two streets over. So yeah, we're very close. Uh, we're very you, in the same area. Do you guys do you know the, for the recording of the album? Did you do that? It was a kind of DIY thing with like Pro Tools, or did you go to studios? Well, we're lucky because Kevin, his profession is he's a producer and he's got a studio in his in his basement. So oh, that's what he does for a living. So we we do everything at Uplift, which is which is awesome. Cool. Now, how did you get to work with with um, DMC? I mean, how did that kind of come come to play? It all came through my um, my work in radio. I, I had him um, I had him lined up to be a guest on my show uh, on a talk show that I was doing and. I uh, I had reached out to him through another friend of mine, this guy named Mitch Lafon, who's a rock journalist here mm-hmm. in Montreal. Yeah. And Mitch um, Mitch was like, "Hey man, I just introduced 
you know, I just interviewed DMC. You should really, um, you should really talk to him. I think you guys would hit it off. So uh, I reached out to him and he said, I'd love to come up and do your show. Um, let me know when's a good time. And I'm like, well, we usually just do these over the phone. He's like, no, no, I'll fly into Montreal. And I was like, wow. Okay. So he, he flew to Montreal. I know. And, um, he got wind that I was in a band. So he's like, can you send me some music? I did. And he was like, man, I'd love to jump on a track with you guys and collaborate. I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we were looking, you know, we had about 17 songs for the record. We're looking through and we're like, what could we, what could we put them on? What would be great? And then we had this song scriptwriter, which had a pretty nice bridge that we weren't sure we were going to do over. We had talked about maybe getting a couple of other people. And then he was just, you know, we sent him that song. We said, well, why don't we do this? And Kevin even was, was, wasn't was sure if we are going to put that song on the record. He was like, I don't know, man, I don't know. And I was just like, let's just send it to him, see what he comes up with. And we didn't hear anything before he came to Montreal. He's like, I've got my stuff. I'm ready. I'm like, okay, okay. good enough for me. Yeah. So we picked him up at the airport. Um, he came directly to the studio and laid down his, his verse and, and his bridge and then did an outro part. And we were like, wow, it was just crazy. Awesome. And um, yeah, we've ended up collaborating on a couple of other things together. We did a song for um, a Spencer Haywood documentary that's coming out in October with uh, with DJ Lord from Public Enemy, and we're also doing another song for DMC's album with Chuck D. So it's really really fun. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> and we're leaving tomorrow. Uh, we're actually leaving later today to do press with DMC in New York tomorrow to talk about the record. That's excellent. You got some heavyweights there in that. In that uh, arena, um, yeah. Do, do you guys definitely. foresee getting you know down to the states to do any dates at the moment, or is that just kind of we'll have to take a wait and see sort of thing? Um, yeah, 2017. Okay. Next year, definitely not 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 before. We won't be there. I mean, we did one, we did a show in Wisconsin in, in Madison um, mm-hmm. on Labor Day weekend, and uh, yeah, I don't think. I mean, I think the rest of the year we're planning to to do some more videos for the record. Sure. Um, I mean, you'd mentioned that you, you, I think you, I, I got the, the vibe that you liked the record when we, when we got on the Absolutely. phone. So, yeah. um, I think the record's probably one of the strongest things we've done ever. And I think that we, we want to, we want to stretch the life out of this record as much as we can, you know, it just came out and we're going to do a bunch of videos for a bunch of the songs because we're, we're, we really, we really think this, this record can have legs in terms of, you know, just being out there and, and promoting it. So we're going to do a bunch of videos this fall. So we're, um, we're we're set to uh, to promote this for 2017. Jason, let me ask you. You, you mentioned doing videos. Um, you guys, you know, a, a band that's been around as long as you guys have been around. You kind of saw the end of the video era, and a yeah. somewhat of a rebirth in the video era. Can you talk about how important you know the videos are today versus how important they were in you know <laughs> 1995, 1996? Well, yeah. he, here's another interesting, um, you know. Um, ironic thing about our band when we were in the position to do videos and had would have had the budget for it mm-hmm. we didn't do any <laughs> um so we we did you know we have we did not do a lot of videos this band did a lot of videos when we had you know we did videos when we had control right and we were making the decisions and we could go get budgets ourselves as soon as we signed to labels that made decisions on where the money was spent we didn't do videos right <laughs> So the last record we did five videos, now, the one we put out in 2012. Do um, they, do they, I think the reason. We'll, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Do they cost what they used to cost? You know, you would hear no. bands. You know, they would do mil, you know, 
you know, spend X amount of money on an album, and then it would five times that much to do the first video. Is it yeah, no, insane we insane like that. We, I mean, I, I'm sure there's budgets. There are video budgets that are still insane with certain artists, but um, you can you could get a video done extremely cheap now if you if you've got the right people working mm-hmm. behind the camera. I mean, with I think what really changed everything was the SLR camera. Yeah. Um, that you know when you were getting film like frames and and film and that film look mm-hmm. uh, with the you know with that 35 millimeter SLR it was just like wow that's what made people just go you know I can do this and and it was interesting to film on the SLRs in the beginning because there there was only so much data you'd have to keep changing cards yeah with every take um, and obviously they've improved that but yeah no it's um it's definitely a lot more economical and. You know, we did for the video. You know, our, our first album back after our hiatus was over the influence, and that record, like I mentioned, we did five. We five did five videos for that, and mm-hmm. we did most of them ourselves. It was really, it was really simple, um, and it was fun. Yeah, so it was a fun process, and we're going to repeat that process on this one. We've got some really cool people we want to work with um, in terms of, you know, Montrealers that are are great filmmakers and that are, are really hungry and, and want to work with us. So. That's really fun. Um, we got Daryl in the first video. We filmed Bill from Mastodon when he was here in Montreal over the summer for um, the the video for the song that we did with him. So that's um, it, it's it's going to be really fun to to do all of these. Yeah, that sounds excellent. It's, yeah, it's got to be fun to have that kind of creative control. You know, I think a lot of you know people, you know, when you're a musician, you tend to have a lot of these other creativity kind of needs. You know, you see guys going to painting and photography and you know, obviously you mentioned video. I mean, it's it's all that same part of the brain. So it's yeah, definitely, and and it's fun to it's fun to create, and that's I think that's the thing I have the most fun with now is creating. Yeah, and it it used to be all I wanted to do was create so I can get out on the road, and yeah. now it's the opposite. I I I want to create more than 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 tour. Yeah, yeah, I think tour, touring is somewhat of a young man's uh, passion. You know, unless you're you're really a uh, Warhorse to get out there and continue to schlep on buses and stuff. That's that's a- yeah. Well, listen, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I mean, every time we go and we do something, it's fun. But it really, you know, you, you've you've got to put your entire life on hold if you yeah. want to do that. And and to be a, you know, I've got two kids. My son's in high school. We just start. My daughter's nine. If you want to be around and be a, any kind of a decent parent, you've got to you've got to make a decision. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's a great, great point. Jason, I want to thank you uh, so much for joining us this morning. Uh, oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. A great new album, Horse, is available now. Uh, it's been out for, what, about a month and a half now, give or take? Uh, um, yeah, a little, little bit less than that. But, yeah, it's, it's just pretty new. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can visit slavesondope.com for more information on the band. And Jason, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, I'd like to thank Jason for taking the time to talk to us. Again, the album is called Horses, and it's available now. Up next on the show, we talk to September from the band September Morning. September Morning is a transmedia project. Uh, they're currently out on tour in support of their recent album called Volume 2. Here's a track from that album called Eye of the Storm.
Ladies and gentlemen, with me on the phone, I have September from September Morning. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Uh, doing well. Thanks for asking. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, kind of excited to talk to you. I'm kind of new to September Morning, so I was hoping you could, you know, fill us in a little bit about the band and the whole project uh, in its entirety because, um, you know, it's more. it seems like it's more than just a band. Um, can you talk a little bit about what, all September morning encompasses? Yeah, it's a transmedia project, which means that it's based around the storyline. And all of the things like the music and the comic books and the videos and everything is wrapped around the storyline and characters. So on stage, we portray the characters and the music, you know, um, incorporates itself into the storyline and comic books and everything is kind of one big ball of wax. Right. Um, so where did the idea first come from and, and how did the idea for this story and the characters first come about? Um, I met Mark Silvestri, who is a big com- um, comic book personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the president of Image Comics and Top Cow Comics, owns those companies. And um, he is an incredible artist and creator. And we met, and I pitched him the idea of doing a transmedia project. And so we developed the storyline and, and the characters and everything together. And it's, you know, based around death, which is a very big topic that I've been kind of obsessed with forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. um. Is this uh, is the story ever evolving, or do you have a, a complete beginning, middle, and end uh, as of right now? Um, well, right now we have two books out at the moment, um, mm-hmm. and we have two more in the works to complete the first story arc. Um, usually comic books do like um, four comic books in one story arc, which goes into a graphic novel, and then you can purchase a graphic novel right. as well. Um, so you, we've done two so far. One went went out with our EP, and one went out with our album. So we're very excited about you know figuring out the rest of it, and putting <laughs> it out there as well. Now the the album uh, came out, or the second album, I guess the EP came out last year. Volume two came out this year. Um, mm-hmm. Is it an extension of the comic book, or is it kind of like a musical version of the comic book, or where does it fit in with well, the comic we book? Have- yeah, we have different um, parts of it. Uh, in the in volume one, you can you know you can hear different aspects of the storyline being read out loud through mm-hmm. different voices, voicing um, you know some of the actual dialogue from the comic book is in volume one, which is quite interesting and it kind of ties the songs together. Right. The songs can be definitely you can definitely sorry volume one and volume two. Um, and the songs can definitely be um, standalone music, but mm-hmm. they can also be part of the storyline. Um, they're not totally specific to the storyline, but they are, you know, a, you know, a vast majority of what's going on within the book, emotionally wise, anyway. You guys are about to go out on tour. Before the tour starts Friday. Um, what can fans expect from the stage show? Uh, it's bringing the comic book to life, you know, okay. through the characters, the stories, um, through, you know, a musical aspect of it. And, you know, I play the onstage personality of September, and she's this human reaper hybrid who was human, and, and her soul was split in half, and she was given these powers, and, you know, um, she becomes this human reaper hybrid that helps save 
souls from death and gives them a second chance at life. And right. in doing so, she basically, you know, starts an all-out war with fate, who in the comic book is personified. And it becomes this war between the living and the dead. So that all kind of like aspect, different aspects of it play out on stage. Right, right. Now, do you, uh, has the stage show kind of evolved over the years, gotten bigger, or did you kind of start out big and... I mean, we we are evolving it constantly. Right. You know, it's starting to evolve more and more as, as you know we grow, as our fan base grows, we grow as a as a unit. It's going going to get bigger and bigger and more theatrical as well. Right, right, and it's kind of refreshing to see a lot of that theatrical and stuff on stage. I, you know, you had some of the bands, you know, Marilyn Manson, Kiss, back, you know, in the day, um, but then it kind of bands started getting away from that. But now you're starting to see more of that, uh, you guys, in this moment and things like that. Um, to you, what what is like the perfect type of stage show? What do you mean, the perfect type of stage show? When, I mean, when, you, go, when you go to a show, what do you want to see? Yeah. I mean, I love theatricality, so to me that's just a huge part. I'm a very visual person, mm -hmm. so I like to see visuals with my music. Um, I'm not... I mean, I I enjoy seeing a t-shirt and band, a t-shirt and jeans band, but only if the music is just way above par and right. uh, the band makes it interesting in some way they move around or they have personalities up there that are just breathtaking. You know, I mean, it has to have something beyond that. Um, I'm a, just a very visual person and mm -hmm. I think a lot of people in our society, especially now with, you know, Instagram and this and that, everybody's very visual. Mm -hmm. So um, bringing something visual to the stage is very important, I believe. Cool. Now, you know, you got the comic book, you got the albums. Are you guys looking to expand any other types of form of media? Yes, we're looking to expand the story across a lot of different platforms. Um, you know, music videos, is there like, you know, episode, episodic type videos or kind of, you know. Yeah, there's like a that? lot of there's a lot of things coming that I can't discuss right okay. now, but, um, you know, right, right, we're working makes... on a lot of different things. <laughs> um, so the album's been out for a year. Um, well, not I mean, hap, you know, it came out. No, it's this the year. album. Came, the album came out in September. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you looking forward to doing a lot of this live? Have you been playing any of the songs live yet? Um, we've been playing songs live for a while now because. Um, some of the songs came off of the Volume 1 EP, right. so uh, we just, uh, you know, we've been playing them for a while. Yeah. Um, what are you looking forward to most going out on the road? Um, just seeing our fans and feeling that energy and bringing the new stage show to life. And, you know, it's it's all about it's all about the fans. It's all about the, right. you know, sharing the story with them. And, and they really do help it evolve, you know, mm -hmm. um, in more ways than one. And we're very blessed to have so many awesome fans. Right. Right. Cool. Well, um, you guys are going to be hitting here in Pittsburgh on uh, November 14th. Uh, looking forward to seeing that show. Like I said, I haven't really uh, kind of new to your, the band, so I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. And I love the Volume 2 album, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what comes next. Thank you. Thank you.
Can't right. wait to play for you guys. <laughs> cool. Thanks for coming on the show, and uh, we'll be seeing you here soon. Awesome. Okay, I'd like to thank September for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, the album's out now. They're currently out on tour. If they're near you, definitely check them out. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Till next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.